Okay, hello and welcome to In Pursuit of a Dog. Uh, if you didn't listen last week, listen to it after this. We explained why we named our show what we did. Also, we will forgive you for not listening last week, but that's your last warning. Again, my name's Jordan and this is Nick. Hi. And I'm we Nick. like each other and we thought it'd be fun to record our thoughts on life in our apartment in New York. Now, if we can just set the scene here a little bit, uh, Nick, on one side of him, has a glass of wine, and uh, in his hands, he is holding a microphone that is not on because he wants to talk into it, like, pretending that it's on because he talks too loud in the microphone that is actually recording us. I don't know why they had to put the microphone so far away from me, and I can't really tell if it's recording if I'm not holding something. You can tell. You're just, you like to pretend that you're on, like like, a real show. That's a, that's that's pretty accurate. Okay, well, we're going to start this week off with the cliche of the week. Now, this was something we talked about last week where we kind of bring up an idea or a sentence um, about relationship cliches. And one, maybe it's not a cliche. We're going to decide if it's cliche or not. Um, but today's cliche, or not cliche, is... Nick, would you like to tell it? It is... Okay, he is not prepared. Are we supposed to read the email? What email? Yeah, exactly. Okay, just read this. Okay, now you made me lose it. Relationships are built on trust. That goes hand in hand with honesty, period. Okay, you don't need to read straight from the thing. Basically, trust and honesty are like the same thing. And the cliche is that relationships are built on these two pillars so when is the relationship being built i think that is the question that many people don't know the answer to well trust is saying you look bad in that shirt or yes you actually have gained a few pounds that's when you can really know that trust is there that's how you establish your trust yeah but we've never we have never said that so you're saying we have no trust no i'm saying you're doing pretty good Good, good. you're looking good in that blouse (laughs) Can you lie to your person if it's in their best interest? For example, you may say, I have no idea who that girl is across the room that I definitely actually do know from the past. For the record, I really didn't know her, though. But in general, yes. But I really didn't know her. But that's loud, though, you saying that? And she also seems like she'd be a bitch. What are you talking about? Oh, this isn't specific? No, it's not an example of that we have. In general, yes, she is basic, and I don't think she's attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're saying it's okay to lie to your person? I'm not saying that. Can the microphone pick up me winking? No. It cannot. Okay. So then, yes. You think it is okay to lie? It is not okay. Yes, it is not okay. You also don't know how to wink, so... How do we trust each other? I think we trust each other by relying on honesty to move the relationship forward, which I know is a long-winded way of saying absolutely nothing. But when we both came at the relationship from a position of confidence in ourselves and and kind of where we wanted to go, uh, I don't think we had to put on much of a facade. Um, which I think sped things up a little bit in terms of not having to break through any walls. I mean, I think it's also important to mention that when we met, both of us were 
could not have been less interested in a relationship. No, I was, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. So I don't think we knew a relationship was being built. And then that's how we built it. Yes, with you, build, trust. you build a relationship <laughs> by not knowing what you're doing or that you're doing it. <laughs> that's good. Well, I mean, just to pound the building analogies to death, um, if you're building a relationship and two people are building different foundations for that relationship, will ultimately the house be crooked? Ooh. Interesting. At what point is it too late to get on the same page? Or level the house? Or do you have to smash it all down and build it again? Or at what point do you have to get on the same blueprint? So someone's got to make a blueprint? The the contractor is responsible for the blueprint. Is that like a therapist? Or is that us? Also the architect. we're the blueprint. We are the blueprint. That's kind of cocky though. Um... Okay, I thought it'd be fun to say one small thing that tells each other that we trust each other. So can you think of one thing that I do that makes you think I'm trustworthy? You've never stolen from me. (laughs) I respect that. (laughs) Why would I have stolen from you? If you were an untrustworthy person, I'd be like... Yeah, but that's like any person. Like, I, I'm not I, like a plumber that comes in and has the opportunity to I steal know that, from I you. I know that you're trustworthy because when I accused you of stealing oh. all of the cell phone chargers, I genuinely felt bad about that. And I realized that that's because I should just be trusting you. So that was... And can we please follow up that story with where we found one of the missing chargers? Uh, I'm in your backpack. What? Yes, that's where we found it. And you didn't even find it. You had me digging through the backpack. You know what? I think you're not for trustworthy whatever reason because that, that was a plan. I Who found it in the backpack? <laughs> Let's I found back it on right that. in front of you. You found it in the, yeah, conveniently right in front of me. You said, oh, look at this charger that's been in your backpack that you didn't notice this entire time and clearly was probably in my purse, but then somehow it ended up in your backpack right in front of you. Okay. It was, you did it and we're ending it there. Um, but I will just say, it's a negotiating strategy. (laughs) I will say that one thing that you do that makes me think you're trustworthy is, um, I've never seen you cheat on anything Mm. like cheat on a game or cheat in mini golf or cheat, you know, things that are not frowned upon to cheat on that you just don't cheat on Mm. card games, whatever. It's I'm and really, I think that's really a really like little microcosm that is definitely a reflection of like the person you are. You know what I mean? So if you don't cheat when we're playing crazy eights, then you don't cheat on me. I think that's that's, that's sound my logic. Take. I think so. I don't know if that applies for everybody, but you know, at least you're right on here. Okay. Well, okay. The next uh, thing we're going to talk about today. Um, this is an idea that Nick had. Which is, uh, we've called this, this portion of the program, Stupid Online Internet List to Philosophize. A.K.A. your list sucks, and we're going to tell you why. Well, we don't know if this sucks, but we're going to disagree and agree with it where it fits. So, we found a list um, on Bustle called 10 Weird Ways You Know You're Falling in Love. 
And may I just say that uh, first thing you notice here on this article is a couple. She's on his back. It looks like they might have just been apple picking. And she's gazing down at him smiling. He's like looking up behind him smiling at her. And they are both wearing plaid shirts, even in the same color scheme, like plaid flannels. Mm. And uh, rather than all the cute looks and the gloving back holding, the real reason <laughs> that picture says they're in love is because they have started to dress the same way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact. And Nick and I do this really embarrassingly often. It's the weirdest phenomenon and it should be studied. I think one of our... One person is typically copying the other person. No. Because they have no. awesome sick style. And then the other one's trying to incorporate that into their style, I think. I don't I think I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. There's the picture if you'd like to see it. We're looking at a picture right now. This is vividing vivid podcasting. Vividing? You're, you mean riveting? This is riveting podcasting right now. We are looking at a picture of two people that you cannot see, but they But you know, you just just Google ten weird ways you know you're falling in love. Uh, on Bustle. So the first um, the first way you know you're falling in love, because, you know, you can't just know that you're falling in love, is uh, mundane activities become fun. Going on a romantic date or taking a trip to the local amusement park is almost always enjoyable. But what about when it's time to go renew your license at the DMV? Running errands might be dreadful when you're doing it on your own or with someone you feel pretty meh about. But when the roots of love start to take hold, just about anything can be a blast as long as you're with the one you want. All right, well, I came at this from the impression that this list was going to suck. But the, All right, it's also a pretty good start because I actually have to agree with that. Um, it just, whenever you're around people that you enjoy spending time with, those sort of things uh, that are... No, notorious for being boring and stupid are, are actually pretty fun and it really has nothing to do with what you're doing. It's, it's who you're with. Yeah. I think that's a good one too. I can't really think of a time where we were doing something boring maybe because really... I mean, we go to the grocery store a lot and have a great time. <laughs> so I think that might be considered pretty We also don't have a dishwasher so we have to oh wash my dishes. God. And uh, yeah, that could be worse. Okay, I love this next one. Your heart rates synchronize. I think that's similar to when girls have their periods synchronized as well. No. Why did we never learn about this in high school biology? Researchers at UC Davis had 32 couples sit across from each other and stare into each other's eyes while their heart rates were measured. Interestingly, the couple's heart rates seemed to attempt to synchronize with each other. That's the sound of Nick pouring wine, by the way. He's not into this. However, the same could not be said when the same experiment was performed using people who were not in romantic relationships with each other. So if you're curious as to whether or not your love is the real deal, hook yourselves up to some machines and see what science says. This is, I don't know if you've noticed this, Nick, but I swear to God, sometimes at night if we're like spooning and I can feel your heart on my back or anything like that, anywhere where your heartbeat comes through just, your body. Just my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I really do feel like, one, our breathing somehow starts syncing up. And two, like, I feel like our heartbeats. I think it's totally true. Have you ever mm. felt that? Yes, I've started to pick up your sleep apnea as well. I don't have sleep apnea. <laughs> okay. He's not in the mood. He's just drinking now. Number three, stuff that normally grosses you out is no big deal. A study from the University of Groningen, Groningen? I've never heard of that university. Has already suggested that we're less likely to be disgusted by disgusting things when we're sexually aroused. So it should come as no surprise that many of us are actually willing to put ourselves in gross situations when we're really in love with someone. 
Plenty of germaphobes find themselves dealing with snot and vomit without a single complaint the first time their SO gets sick around them. And let's face it, even the smelliest farts aren't quite as repulsive when they come from the butthole of the person we're crazy for. It's a good writer. Well, speaking of buttholes, um, early in our relationship, we decided, despite living in New York for probably a combined decade, uh, that we should eat at a random <laughs> Italian restaurant in Midtown. And I decided it'd be a great idea to order a seafood special, which nearly killed me. Yeah. I think it almost killed me. We were out, and I was—I made it very clear that we had to get home immediately, ASAP. Yeah. I couldn't talk to anybody, and, and then even it, it just got worse from there. Yeah. And you were there for all of it, yeah. and. What did, I was did not, that change your opinion of me at all? No. In fact, I was like really not... I mean, it wasn't... You were throwing up. Yes. I was also crying, but that was only because of the adrenaline. Okay. I didn't see the crying because you locked me out of the bathroom. But I will say, I think I handled it well because... Well, at least this is what I like when I'm sick for whatever reason. Especially like a weird, uncontrollable vomit type sick. Is you have to pretend like life is normal like nick started throwing up in the middle of the night at like two in the morning and when he finally like limped out like trying not to speak or move in muscles that i didn't want to throw up again i just got him set up on the couch and like turned on a tv show i might have turned on a little light Would and you? just said let's pretend that it's the daytime and we're just watching the show don't try to sleep because you're just going to be focused on how sick you are and I feel like that helped a lot I knew I knew something I knew you were something special when I realized what you what you turned on which I don't even know if you remember no it was well Will Ferrell special which, <laughs> although I couldn't laugh at it got me back to neutral so any Aww. other show would have still had me upset that was so funny that it kept me at like alive no, no. I think alive. it kept me alive alive okay. so thank you Will Ferrell you saved my life <laughs> if you ever want to come on the podcast you'd be a welcome guest and then I got food poisoning a few months later. And instead of locking you out of the bathroom, I let you watch me throw up. And I even... <laughs> you even helped me throw up when I needed to throw up again. And by... Uh, you, were, I, you said, try to stick a finger down your throat. And I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I just can't. I'll bite my finger off or something bad will happen. So Nick did all his online internet research and found that if you take the very soft bristles of a toothbrush... And just lightly um, scratch the back of your tongue. Not the back of your throat, nothing like that. Just the little bit back of your tongue does the trick. Especially when you are insanely nauseous from food poisoning. You, you will get it out. So sorry for disgusting all of our viewers, but that, I think, is a public service telling them that toothbrush thing. I think we just proved this point correct already. So, so far they're three <laughs> for three. normally grosses you out. That weird dialogue. That was it's the most true. excited we've been the entire podcast. We're talking about each other getting sick and throwing up. So, all right. So far I think they're three for three. Actually, four for four if you count the picture. And I was going at this from a really negative place. Okay. So, I'm impressed. Number four. Literally every song you hear reminds you of them. Yep. I just heard on the radio um, that Trap Queen song that I won't murder, but... I was thinking that's Jordan's my trap queen because there's there's no trap like living in the West Village. You know it's tough out here in these streets, and I'm glad to have you by my side. I would I was thinking more of the romantic songs that I would just apply you to, but well, I'm glad you the think romantic that I'm the trap songs. Queen. I think if you're saying that all like any song reminds you of them, you obviously the romantic songs do. Yeah. But if it's like the random songs, 
Okay, yeah, the good, the bad, the weird, like the that not song, anything to do that with Like that song that goes, take my picture, smack my bitch up. That upset me. Smack my bitch up? Is that not how it goes? I've never heard that song. That's before. a real song. That was a motorcycle outside. Um, it's a real I, song, I just wrote it. I, okay, that's cool. I like it. No, it's a real song. Um, number five, pain isn't as painful. Uh, meaning, they say that love hurts, but research has suggested that love actually makes things hurt a lot less. Um, researchers from Stanford University gathered up 15 college students, all of whom claimed to be deeply in love with someone, and placed a heated probe in the palms of their hands. In their butt. They then tested their brain's pain responses while having the subjects look at a picture of an acquaintance, then at a picture of their loved one. The results showed that looking at a photo of their one true love reduced moderate pain by up to 40%, while severe pain was reduced up to 15%. The next time you get a headache, test the intensity of your love by staring at the object of your affection and see if it helps while you're waiting for the ibuprofen to kick in. My question would be, does that also work for hypothermia? Why? Because then Leonardo DiCaprio should have been fine. If he really <laughs> loved her, he would have been like, he should have melted that fucking iceberg. <laughs> yeah. So fuck I think Leonardo that's right. DiCaprio. He clearly didn't love her. True. Yeah, he didn't love her. He was like, actually, he might have hated her because he was like, nope, I'm yeah, gonna die. Yeah, he didn't even want to die. Definitely not. There's clearly not enough room on this. He had no huge, attempt. He just wanted to get, he'd rather sink and die than be with Kate Winslet. Yep. And her fake English accent. That was meaning probably, American. That's probably what did it. That that uh, fake accent. Yeah. He, he was so insulted. He, he couldn't get behind that. He was so insulted. She was insulting her culture with every time she opened her mouth. Number six, you go crazy planning your future together. I know some people plan an entire life together with attractive strangers they see on the bus every morning. Like the upcoming movie, The Girl on the Train. That's not in this. I just said that. But when you fall in love for real, the prospect of actually having kids and growing old with someone isn't just a fun way to pass your commute. It's a very real possibility. Suddenly, you're lying awake at night wondering how your first name would sound with their last name, or if you'd even change your last name at all. You're doing Punnett squares to figure out how your children would look. You're freaking out about the wedding that is years away from even being planned. Even though evolution would probably applaud your efforts for finding a suitable mate that could help you pass on your genes, it's still a little freaky when you realize that you might have really found the person you'll be spending the rest of your life with. You go crazy planning your future together. This is what this is when I think it's a little bit more one-sided. I was thank I'm so happy you said that because I was going to say I didn't think this was a gender-specific website until I started. Until it's not a point. gender-specific website. First of all, who wrote this? That's a chick. Avery. That could be a girl or a boy. The mystery continues. Tune in next week where we figure out who the hell Avery is. <laughs> um, I think it's normal to like put my name with your last name. That's not something guys do. To hear it. That's because you don't have to. That's not, that's not a thing that you have to do. But it's just what, that's what I'm saying. And I think about my kids with or without you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just want them. Mm. Um, you feel high. Wait, 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 wait. So you feel high is the answer? Number seven is you feel high if you're in love. No, how much planning is too much planning? Because I know there's probably some girls out there that are like, Jordan, tell me how much planning is too much planning because I think I'm going to scare my boyfriend. Oh, nothing is too much planning. You know it's too much planning when you say something to him and he just like kind of smiles at you. Like he loves you so he's not going to be like mean about it. So he's just going to not say anything, but not saying anything means he's uncomfortable, which means like it's too that, far. Like five seconds ago when you started talking about your kids and I really didn't have much to add to the conversation. 
when you said you'd have kids no matter what. <laughs> we'll just cut that. Right now, right now, Jordan is looking at me with a weird, like, half-lovingly, half-I'm-gonna-slit-your-throat kind of look. <laughs> and I'm digging it. Okay, can we move on to the next one, which is you feel high. Apparently, it feels like you're taking Coke and dopamine and Oxycontin all in one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's the heart explosion feeling. Hmm. And you finish each other's... Food. Sandwiches. Like in Frozen. No, we don't do that. We finish each other's thoughts. Like, yes, I agree, and I know where you're going with that, but I wouldn't say we literally finish each other's sentences. Because I finish all my sentences without you. I feel like you know your relationship is getting boring as shit when you start to finish each other's sentences. Like, if... If you, well, I guess it really depends on the, the type of tone that you take when you finish your sentences, but if, you, if you're if you in that place where you're like, I've already heard this before, like, I know what you're going to say, I know what you're going to do, I think that, that can get pretty boring. I think that's a bad sign. Number nine, you don't even notice other attractive people. That's a fact. <laughs> that's not a fact. There, so, okay, this writer says, when you're just in like, you'll probably still notice all the ridiculously sexy people that you pass by every day. Once your feelings progress to the next level, though, something akin to magic happens. All the hot people become invisible. Sure, there are people who are objectively attractive. I mean, maybe they'd be attractive to other people who aren't completely smitten with someone else already. But your desire to kiss, bang, or cuddle with anyone else basically disappears once you realize that you're already in love. Okay, so she's got it kind of right here. You still notice that they're attractive. What? But she's right that you don't desire them. All right, that's cool. Right? Right. Do you oh, not think that? Oh, or do what, our guys different? They still, like, kind of what happens, I think that banging everybody. What about it? Doesn't it depend on where you live? So, like, if you live in North Dakota, there's probably not really any hot people walking around. You might not ever see another person if you live in North Dakota. Okay. So then if you come to a place like New York, you'd be like, oh, my God, look at all the people. You know, that might be overwhelming. So do you want to kiss and bang them, or do you, or are they invisible? Ew. I don't want to do that. That's gross. Okay. Okay, and number 10, and the last one, is you start developing the same interests. Do you like drones? I do. Case in point. Okay, you're right. I also like reading now, which is a new yeah, thing. Yeah, I taught you how to read. Did <laughs> teach you how to read? I was reading at least on a sixth grade level before we met. Well, now he's reading The Goldfinch, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I've actually, since I've been reading The Goldfinch, I've recommended, you know you, you know you're talking about the book you're reading too much, if you've recommended it to more people than books that you've read. So I've recommended <laughs> The Goldfinch like six or seven times now, and I've read one book. And you haven't even finished it. I haven't it. even finished it yet. <laughs> you're going to finish it, and you're going to be like, wow, my life has changed forever. Okay, the article's over, so now we're going to move on to our next little segment idea, which is... Which is how to do segues, because that was pretty abrupt. Okay, thanks, Nick. You want to fucking do it, then? Yes. You segue into it. Okay. Speaking of books, have you ever read a book about fish? That's not the next part, so why don't you <laughs> suck? You literally suck at this. Well, I wasn't ready to do it. Okay. Do you want to try again, now that you can see what it actually is? Yes. You ever have a fish tank before? <laughs> Those fish tanks, they love rocks. And you know my favorite rock? I'm American. I love rock and roll. <laughs> I love pet rocks. And I love the Mount Rushmore. Because Mount Rushmore is my favorite American rock next to Aerosmith. 
So what is or this? Kid Rock? So why don't you explain why you're talking about Mount Rushmore? Okay. Nick is talking about the Mount Rushmore of living together this week, which is basically um, quickly going through our top four of the week. Um, so, for example, like my Mount Rushmore of TV shows is Mad Men, The Leftovers, The Good Wife, and Will and Grace. Things that should be immortalized in stone. Yes, exactly. So, I'll start. My Mount Rushmore of our week together. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one was making potato lockies with you last night for mm. the very first Rosh Hashanah dinner we've ever made. Can you tell the listeners at home what a lockie is? Ryan, lock. <laughs> Lockies and lockas are the same thing. Um, the reason it was one of my Mount Rushmore's with you was even though you think you had a temper tantrum because you were really overtired and you didn't want to get potato juice on your work pants, <laughs> I still had a blast and also they were freaking amazing and they delicious. They were delicious. Um, and that was really fun. Yeah. And you helped, you peeled all the potato and the onion, so that was the hardest part. Uh, number two was finally watching that new HBO show, Westworld, that we have thought was out for weeks and kept trying to watch on Sunday nights rather than just looking it up to see when it actually premiered and being crybabies when it wasn't out yet. Um, but that's part of the excitement. that It adds to the suspense. If I know it's going to be on, then it's like, all right, I know it was going to be on. But if it's like, holy shit, it's actually finally on... That was, like, that was exciting. We were excited. Um, also, you letting me say, I don't understand this. What's going on? What are the damn rules of this show? Are they alive? What is this? Mm. Every few minutes um, was really, really sweet. Yes. Nothing like um, asking someone about a show that is literally premiering in front of their faces. <laughs> yeah, but like, what the hell was going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Don't Number know. three was this morning. Enough said. Number four was uh, seeing Oh Hello with you last week because that was... Oh, hello. Beyond hilarious, and I love surprising you. Um, even though you think that you don't have a good surprise reaction, um, I think you do. Also, you putting up with me, making you stare at the sidewalk for like two blocks in the middle of Times Square so that you couldn't see what marquee I was leading you up to was very, very sweet and priceless. I was just so worried that we were going to go to the opera. Why would the opera be in Times Square? It's either at Lincoln Center. I don't know how the opera works. We were in the theater district. Isn't opera theater? Kind of. I feel like some opera people may be offended by that. All right. You want to quickly go through your Mount Rushmore? Yes. My first Mount Rushmore was... Does it have to be this week or can it just be in, in general? In this week. That's, it keeps it current. Oh, okay. The first thing i got to put on my Mount Rushmore is our dinner last night, which was obviously delicious, so you kind of stole that one from me. Well, you didn't say why else it was delicious. Well, it was our first kind of formal celebratory meal in this apartment. It was also, I think, a culmination of a lot of skills and training that have have taken your cooking to the next level. Thank you, Blue Apron. If you want to sponsor the show, Blue Apron, it's a delicious way to get a variety of foods (laughs) delivered at your door. That's blueapron.com. And so that was excellent. We learned how to chop and mince, and we found out that there's like 15 different ways to cut things. So that was was big. Um, I made matzo ball soup. You made matzo ball soup. Um, also on my Rushmore is just coming home. That was a really nice feeling to finally come home after a really, really long weekend. Yes. Um. He worked the Kanye West Meadowlands Festival and saw the 
panic of Kanye running off the stage, um, which we are going to talk about at the end of this podcast. Yeah. So um, go to your next Mount Rushmore. And your last. Well, there's only one Mount Rushmore. It's your next. It would be the next bust on that Mount Rushmore. Because that's the that's uh-huh. head area. Yeah. Not to be confused with busts like boobies or... That's kind of cool. What are you talking about? Um... Hmm, really should have been more prepared for this. Uh, this podcast is going on my Mount Rushmore. It's always fun to sit down, crack open a bottle of wine, set up two microphones, use one microphone, start 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 going off the cuff. Um, and the fourth is our fish starting to heal a little bit. And that brings us very easily into our next segment, which is about fish world. And we're going to do this quickly because this is going a little long. Um, we have fish in our apartment. Um, we got mad fishes up in here. They are our babies. Currently, and I think we should start with my favorite, her name is Lily. And she is quarantined um, because she had a huge fungus on her. And she was going to infect the whole tank. And so now she's quarantined in the fireplace. And uh, the puffy stuff has come off of her. But Nick still thinks that there's she's lot, very old and sick. There's a lot to sift through in that statement. She's not in the fireplace. We have not lit her on fire. <laughs> we had to set up a separate tank for her that you know, because we have a non-functioning fireplace. Um, yeah, it's like a cute little open brick thing. It's cute. We put candles in it normally. Um, just kind of going quickly through the run-through. All of our fish are kind of in pairs. So I will start with the first pair, who are our two little bottom feeders. One's name is Hodor. Um, He is a fatty, and he eats all the shit on the bottom of the tank. The other one is Weirdo, and Weirdo is a psychopath um, who cleans the sides of the tank and also blinks and is also so terrifying. Would you like to explain the next pair? I think... We're going to get into our fish world segment by introducing you to one of our fish a week. Oh, okay. So we've explained Lily and Weirdo and Hodor. Yeah, but let's just go one at a time. Okay. There's a lot. These are complex individuals. Their brains may be small, but their drama is large. That's true. So let's just go go one by one. Um, And I guess we'll start with our first fish that we've... Our first fish of our most recent batch of fish. Okay. Maybe we should talk about our first fish that we've ever got together. Really? Do you even remember? No. We've had so many murders. There's been so many murders in the fish tanks. This is our second week of doing this. It is coming together slowly. We've already established a name. We're starting to get a little bit of a cadence. The microphones have... Uh, they're still microphones. We still have some work to do there. And uh, I think we're starting to get a little bit of a format. Yep. Um, so tune in next week when we we improve. Yes. And uh, sorry we didn't tell you about the Kim and Kanye thing, but we will talk about that next week to keep you on the edge of your seat. Okay. Have a great night and a great week, y'all. God bless. Peace.